This is the Stomp Around Monster Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stomp Around Monster Podcast. I'm Colin. I'm Zach. I'm Leah. And I'm JJ. And today we're going to be talking about King Kong versus Godzilla. JJ, you sounded so enthusiastic in the intro. I yeah. well, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that says says how much you enjoyed this movie. Unremarkable movie plus college homework equals. Mm. Mm, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm kind of average on this whole thing, so for a variety of reasons, I'll get into. It's my turn. Right. Right. I mean, I, I feel like there's a, a lot going on here and a lot that was uh, started with King Kong versus Godzilla, but I, I don't think they had perfected it quite yet. You know what I mean? No, it was so very time. convoluted. I mean, you know, a, a bunch of these Godzilla movies, timelines yeah. are stupid and random scientific things pop up and time travel with King Ghidorah. Oh, well, the, yeah, that'll be a mess when we get into it. Rip. Can't I'm wait. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be on that episode. I'll have, I'll have to print the chart out. Print the chart I remember out. I remember it was funny because like whenever I sat down with Leah to watch that for the first time, I had like a piece of paper and I had No, like, I think I watched it by myself and, and I, was like, Wow, this movie was absolute trash. It makes no sense. Can we not watch again? And you were like, No, we're gonna do this. We're going to have a game plan. You're going to read this while watching the movie, and it's all going to make sense. And I was just like, oh, okay. Who is it from? Is it from The Office, the guy with the court board? No, that's from Always Sunny. That's, that's funny. the guy who's going to yeah. play Luigi. Yeah, that's Charlie Day. It's a, by the way, a great episode with Pepe Silvia. Um, it's a good show. But I have, some, I have something to say at the top of the episode before we get started. As of the time that this episode is published, we will be a fully vaccinated podcast. Hell yeah. So, Yay. Also, while we're talking about podcasts and breaking the fourth wall and this being a oh, podcast, yeah. um, it is International Podcast Day at the time of, at the time of recording. Yay. Woo, yay. Wow. So for each and every one of you who has actually been closely following the show since we started, thank you. We're halfway to 30 episodes. Are we really? Yes, this is episode 15. Wow. Part of me feels like there should be more, but there's not. I Uh, guess it's just because I haven't been on every episode. It just feels like it's been going on way longer than it has been. Well, that's the sucky part of having live scheduling podcasts isn't fun. Fact. But then you can you can sit back and look at all your hard work and effort and go, wow, I would hate to know how much time I've spent editing every one of these episodes. Like, I, I think I've spent more time editing these episodes than all the length of these episodes combined. Probably. Kong is a thinking animal. Oh, <laughs> thinking animal. I'm so glad we didn't have to sit through that crap. Well, you guys didn't. Like, like the, the American cut... It's just so fucking bad. Like it's just bad. And the sad part is that's the only version that most people have seen. 
Like, most people really don't know that there's a Japanese cut that's so different. That yeah, I wonder how many up. people are going to listen to this episode and be like, I don't remember any of this shit. This isn't the movie I watched. Because it's, it's, I got to say, it's even more different than King of the Monsters, right? King of the Monsters still follows, like, the same plot, has the same characters. Things are toned down, but it's still fundamentally the same movie. This one's very Not. different. It's very different. And for the worst. I guess if you want to want to go ahead and start out. So here, yeah, let's make it very clear. We yeah. watched the Japanese version. Well, yeah. we we watched the Japanese version, and we're not going to focus. Yeah, all together, and we're not going to focus too much on the American cut because it's just it's not worth sitting here going through every single last change in detail between the American cut and the Japanese version. But you know, we, we will talk about it. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If you can hear any of the cats, like, rumbling in the background, just, I'm sorry. Um, You will listen to yeah. it and like it. <laughs> All right. This movie was released uh, June 3rd of 1963 in the U.S. and uh, August 11th of 1962 in Japan, directed by, of course, Shiro Honda, uh, with a budget of $620,000 uh, U.S., and has a runtime of 91 minutes in the U.S. cut, 97 minutes in the Japanese cut. And uh, this movie has kind of a muddled origin story. Because like, I wasn't really, I, I wasn't 100% sure about whether it was originally supposed to be Frankenstein versus Godzilla or, God, or King Kong versus Frankenstein. I remember we, we talked about this a little bit uh, during our planning episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and because I was also confused about that as well. For the longest time, I thought it was, uh, you know, Toho coming up with that idea first. But actually, it was, sorry, Willis O'Brien, excuse me. Willis O'Brien, um, you know, the animator of the original King Kong, came up with this King Kong meets Frankenstein idea. Where they need a giant ver you know, King Kong would fight a giant version of Frankenstein's monster. Um and then I guess Universal kind of shot that around and found that Toho also had a similar idea, but there's not a lot of information on their their plans on Frankenstein versus Godzilla. Just I guess that they had interest in bringing Godzilla back and then saw that and you know. Went went in cahoots with uh, Universal and replaced Frankenstein with Godzilla. Yeah, and uh, so I, I know that uh, I think it was was it was it Willis O'Brien that was just like not not happy or even remotely interested in having uh, Godzilla and King Kong meet together because he, he also didn't like the idea of, of having King Kong be uh, but essentially what it was was like a guy in a gorilla suit. Yeah, no, he wasn't he wasn't happy with that at all because he wanted to wanted it to of course be stop motion likely done by him. Um you know because he, he brought King Kong to life originally, you know. So to see his creation kind of downgraded in a way, at least in his eyes, you know, was that what year did flat. King Kong come out? 1933. See, 
that's such a gap though I personally would be thrilled to see like my creation brought back into the limelight and modernized well they had already did the color version in 52 as well so I mean it was still pretty relevant I think a I think a big part of it here I mean they had to been still relevant they wanted to Put him into another movie 20 years later. I mean, King Kong was definitely relevant. I think the issue was that Willis O'Brien came up with the idea of King Kong versus Frankenstein. um, And they just kind of stole it and cut him out entirely. So he had no no part Uh, at all in the movie. And so, you know. You know, I'm still wondering how the heck that would work if they, how Frankenstein would work in that. I mean, it had been kind of like, in a way, probably Toho's Frankenstein would be a, a bigger monster. And, and granted, the original King Kong is not very big at all. So when you think about it, a a Frankenstein scaled up to, to King Kong would only be like 25 feet tall or something like that. So it, it's not too much of a stretch. And pl- I mean, it, you could have even had it taken in the direction of like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because that Frankenstein was already like or Frankenstein's monster the the right. demon as it's called in the book is already like I think it's supposed to be like 15 foot tall or something like that it's huge so it's, it's not too far off really yeah when you look at scale especially as scaled down as that is but yeah the um the whole thing about about Willis O'Brien that really muddled the uh who even owns the rights to King Kong anymore? We'd also talked about that before. Like still Universal, I believe. I believe Universal still owns. Uh... Oh no! Okay, it's it's very muddled. Exactly. That's what so... I'm saying. I was gonna say if it's Universal, is Legendary like a subsidiary of theirs or something? I'm surprised they would just be like, "Oh, here, monkey." Well, it's not. He's not. He's not King Kong. He's Kong. Kong. King Kong. Uh, the, the character itself is owned apparently by Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers owns RKO Pictures or bought RKO Pictures. I don't think they're around anymore. No, they're they're not. They went defunct in 1959, so RKO is irrelevant. Um, so that, that Warner Brothers owns the original movie, and I guess the. The character itself, Universal owns the 2005 movie that they made, right? I um, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Are we ever gonna bother to cover that on this book? Uh, at one point, I like that movie. Yeah, I was about to say we'll 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 do a rundown of all the King Kong movies, even though there's not really any continuity between any of them except for the 70s Kong, King Kong, and of right. course um uh. King Kong escapes, and I guess Son of Kong as well. Uh, yeah, I guess he technically said about Son of Kong too. I forgot Same how many King Kong movies there were. There, yeah. are, there are quite a few. There's a couple. There's a couple. Um, but I guess onto onto this one. Yeah, there's a, a little history lesson about King Kong for you. There you are. So, uh, but yeah. So as as far as this movie goes, we of course we watched the Japanese cut. Um, instead of the uh, the American cut, and uh, 
there are some key differences I think we can go over just at the top right here to, to kind of outline how different these fucking movies are because they are really different. It's almost to the point where like it's a totally different movie. And when you watch the when you watch the American cut and then you watch the Japanese cut, things that are not elaborated on or explained at all kind of make sense in the in the Japanese cut. No, they're they're so different, honestly, between the two movies. I know we talked about uh, the original Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters, how they're quite different and deserve their own watchings. Uh, these two movies are worlds apart. Um, tonally, um, the editing, the story, I mean, most of the plot of the, of the Japanese version is cut out entirely interplaced with just kind of filler because it does like the, the American stuff doesn't go anywhere. Um, whereas the Japanese movie follows the pharmaceutical company and the um, and their their exploits to try to get better ratings for their television network. <laughs> so stupid. It's it's so dumb, but it's so funny. This movie is it, it's honestly a comedy, like through and through. It's a, it's a it's a comedy movie. It doesn't take itself very seriously at all. And I know a lot of people say that about a lot of the Showa movies. Um, That's why I like the Showa movies the most out of all of them. But this one especially um, yeah, is no, very comedic. There's being like a little bit on the lighter end, and then there's just straight up going into comedy territory. And I like, think that's this, where this, this whole one thing, goes. This whole thing is a comedy through and through, which is is for good and for bad. Um, I mean, Mothra did it really well. The entire movie was funny. Like there was way more funny than serious. And I mean, even if it was a serious scene, some of those actors are so goofy and animated, you can't take anything seriously. Mister, what's his face? For example, Mister Taco. Nelson Nelson was great in a in a Mothra. King, and then we got Taco in this one. Mr. Taco. Mr. Taco is definitely the standout for me. Yeah. Um, the the producer of the uh, television network. He's all about the ratings. Um, so I guess we want to dive into some of the plot um, and, and start charting through that. Or Yeah, we'll go ahead and, and hit the plot. Uh, this movie starts out at a, uh, a television company where uh, they're desperately trying to uh to get ratings and uh th- that's the whole thing about this movie is that it's it's a uh kind of a like satire of the japanese ratings system and how some companies were willing to go as far as to do some outlandish shit like this to get ratings and uh that's like we were talking about the the Japanese cut that it follows the the crew of the um, uh, television company and their exploits, and then there's um, the 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 American cut, which is just it's framed uh, kind of like it's in a like a news like it's a newscaster like a news newsroom or something like that. It just doesn't work. It tries to take all the com- the comedic elements of the original and, and flip it and make it really serious, and it just doesn't work. 
But um, the the first thing that I'm going to say about this one, Mr. Taco is the only character in this movie that I even remember. And I watched this movie twice. The crew of the um, uh, television company and their exploits. And then there's um, the... The, the American cut, which is just, it's framed uh, kind of like it's in a, like a news, like it's a newscaster, like a news newsroom or something like that. It just doesn't work. It tries to take all the, com- the comedic elements of the original and, and flip it and make it really serious, and it just doesn't work. But um, the, the first thing that I'm going to say about this one Mr. Taco is the only character in this movie that I even remember. And I watched this movie twice. And we, we have the, uh, the two guys that are our main characters. It's, uh, a guy and his best friend. Yeah. Osamu Sakurai and, uh, Kazuo Fujita. Yeah. And then how, what is the, the order of these characters relationships with each other? It's, he is, Engaged to uh, his sister. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Fujita is engaged to Sakurai's sister Fumiko, um, which is where that kind of tension plays in, and they all they also like live right next to each other. I just thought it was very strange that, like, some movies will do that. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all best friends. We're all, like, intimately involved somehow. And then, like, we all live next door to each other. Yeah. And then there's also um, Sakurai's uh, sidekick in his adventure there. Um, Kintaburo. Uh... To find, you know, science and all these discoveries just to come back and deal with ratings basically i don't know the plot of this is boring just the whole movie is just about i mean it's a good idea and like i feel like if something like this happened in real life it would probably end up being capitalized on and politicized just like everything going on now and I think part of that is is definitely true, but I I think that part of the reason this this movie seems so the each part of it's kind of discombobulated from each other, like you were saying, it's just idea and execution. I think is where what I was is what I'm trying to spit out here. But it was also sort of kind of a co-production, and I feel like a lot of those movies like that feel that way. Like The Meg feels kind of. Like there's there's elements that each party has kind of put into that movie to make it their own, I guess. But it just doesn't really work. It doesn't blend together. So it seems like it's two separate things. But just to kind of you know break down a lot of this weird ass plot, um, uh, the guy that's again this confused the shit. I mean, as far as from what I can understand it is Mr. Taco works for the pharmaceutical company that's like working with the TV station. Yeah, so the the TV station is sponsored by the pharmaceutical company. 
Mr. Oh. Taco is the head of the pharmaceutical company. Um, and so he's, you know, he's, he's wanting the ratings boosted because they're getting stomped out by their competition um, who are covering the uh, nuclear submarine Seahawk, the American nuclear submarine, um, on their voyage up north to go look at ice, which Ooh. is popular because they're looking at ice. I mean, that, they're that not really going ratings. to do anything. Yeah. But uh, long story short, they, they have this idea about some guy brought back berries from Faroe Island, and he wants to send uh, Fujita and Sakurai to this island to go find these berries and talk to the natives. And uh, that, I guess that's something else we probably should have mentioned earlier. This is another movie with natives. Really bad representations of natives. Like I would argue, I would almost argue this one's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least in like I hated it so much in Mothra just because not only are they putting on brown face and trying to show all these oh other you know Asian countries that they think are they're superior to or whatever. Like they were just smeared like with just brown stuff. And it was like, oh, we don't care if you look even or whatever. At least this one, they didn't look like a bunch of, I don't know. There is no good way to justify it, but at least this one didn't look like they were like, you know what? These people are ugly and gross. Just smear some dirt on yourself and run out there. I, I don't know. I would argue uh, this is worse I, because of the Afro wigs like that. That really, oh, I forgot about that. That really put a bad taste in my mouth. Anyway, what were they even? What were these people supposed to be? Were they just supposed to be some random tribe, or were they flat out like supposed to be someone? No. So the, they they end up going get on this boat. They travel to Faroe Island, which is where this takes place. And Faroe Island is not real. It's just part of this like peninsula. This uh, not peninsula. What's the word I'm looking for here? This like triad of non-existent islands that exist in the show a continuity for whatever reason yeah uh but yeah we're we're not even going to spend a lot of time talking about that 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 is one thing that definitely takes a lot away from this movie though is the representation of uh of uh natives yeah is this it's not good is this the last time we're gonna have to see that or does it keep going like in other movies well i mean of course there's like in the peter jacksons and of course there's in like uh Skull Island, they each have kind of their own way of doing it. Yeah, but at least in Skull Island, they're actually like, you know. Normal, like, people. Yeah, yeah, they're not all painted up and, you know, one race trying to be another and just racist and gross like the but last yeah, two th- movies this was been. bad though like that's all i'm gonna say about that it, it was bad but they go to Faroe island they give cigarettes to kids um, yeah that's yep. also kind of bad <laughs> i mean yeah th- it's pretty moral uh low ground here yeah another at g- least they do kind of hesitate with the kid like i mean what laws yeah. what laws do they have here what they government still, still gave it to him though oh yeah. god this whole thing just gets worse by the second. Everything like, that has to do with the natives is just bad. It's just all, racist and morally deprived. We're not even are, to the octopus yet. Not even to the awful. octopus yet. Yeah, there's this. This movie is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to put it to put it simply, 
understatement um, of the damn episode. <laughs> with both the uh yeah, with both the production and just the movie in general. Um yeah, honestly, seeing them hand out the cigarettes and stuff kind of reminded me of the guys from uh, Gorgo and just how they were also just awful people. <laughs> See, but at least you could kind of like the people from Gorgo. Th- those guys were just, yeah, they were like scummy, but like they were likely to be bad. These guys, it's just like, wow, you're giving cigarettes to kids. All right. You're uh, just to be f- that kind of an asshole. To be fair, these guys are also dipshits. Yeah, they're also idiots. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, but also d- during this, at this point in time, uh, who who is it that's on the sea? Somebody's on the Seahawk and he gets off early. It is uh... that. So Fujita is on the ship following the Seahawk, but he gets off, um, unbeknownst to the viewer. Although he says he's going to, but they don't show him getting off, um, because uh. Kinsaburo is on the island with with uh, Sakurai. Yeah, I think I said that wrong. I think I said Sakurai and Vegeta were all on Faro Island yeah, with the Barons. That's okay. No, no one's gonna roast us in the comments. It'll be okay. Do we have comments? I don't think we have a comment. I mean, section. if you comment on the Instagram post about the, there you go. All right, I want yeah, you guys you to comment in the, get out in the... Of us on Instagram. You can follow us it. at Stomp Around Pod. <laughs> There's right. my plug for the episode. There's the gotta, plug. At, gotta get it in at 24 minutes. Colin said. Fujita and not Kinsaburo. Okay, well we we it's caught like, it. We caught it though. Before like, unsubscribe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I, I want to see that follow post. button on Spotify. I, I want to see that comment. Somebody better do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out one of our potential listeners, Hubby. You know who you are. Do it. <laughs> do it in the comments. Anyway, but, back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, so this uh, nuclear sub crashes into an iceberg. And if you'll remember way back a long time ago, an episode like three or four, I don't remember what episode exactly it was, Godzilla Raids Again, how that movie ends, Godzilla's frozen in an iceberg. And then he breaks out by pissing everywhere. Yeah, and then he pisses in the iceberg. So, yeah, the the sub is... I, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. They have like a, um, they have something to mark where the sub crashes. I mean, I wouldn't want a nuclear sub going missing, right? But yeah, but so. like, here's my problem with that. Like, like I would, I would figure that, you know, that they would remember where this monster is dormant. Unless they thought he died, I guess. I don't know. It's just kind of left open-ended. Yeah, it blows my mind that there's not, like... A marker? A perimeter, or well, someone the, watching him at all times. If you recall, however, there is a conveniently placed military base right next to that iceberg. Now, that is true. You know what? I forgot about that. But they just didn't bother to warn the, uh, the sub on its uncharted expedition right across the street. Um... <laughs> not to run into a damn iceberg because they just kind of drunkenly run run into it. It's like yeah, and then the shit is about running it. this thing. Like the sub is just like wedged in the side of it. I don't know what their plan was. I don't either. I don't. It's a it's a movie from 1962. I'm not thinking about. I'm not going to think about this any harder than I have to. But anyway, Godzilla comes out of the iceberg and destroys everything, and everybody panics, and we're back on Faroe Island, and uh, 
standout scene of the whole fucking movie. Um, the is it? I can't remember if it's Sakurai or uh, Fujita. He swings around a rubber lizard by the tail. Oh, yeah. that was Sakurai because Fujita's on the uh, he's on the boat. Or not? Fuck! I did it again. See there. Oh my God! The actually, I, warriors. Oh, actually, I think it was uh, Kinzaburo. Um, because he's he's more the comedic relief in that. But he's duo. like throwing around this rubber lizard, lizard. for yeah. a while. For a, for a while, it it does for go a little too long. A way too long extended time. He swings it around his head like six times. It reminds yeah. me of that video where Bear Grylls like jumps in a uh, a river. And he pulls out this giant, like, iguana or something. I don't even remember what it was because he was, like, hunting for food. And he's like, now we have to incapacitate it. And he just grabs it by the tail and smashes its head against a tree. Also, note that uh, the lizard that's thrown against that tree, giant lizard, does have its own page on Toho Kingdom. It's like one meter, mass, unknown, powers, slash weapons, none. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it in there somehow. <laughs> Had to get it in there. But, uh, that makes me wonder. Like, there's so little on that little lizard. What all is there truly on Skeleturtle on the fandom? Skeleturtle has a whole page, too. Yeah, he does. I know, but, like, what can you truly write about him? Other than he's the most beautiful thing to ever exist. That Skeleturtle wasn't even supposed to be alive? That was a prop. That was like in that cave, and somebody accidentally moved it. Uh, and that's actually, what... Skeleturtle does not have a page. The, really? What? Are you Toho fucking Kingdom. kidding me? Skeleturtle... Why the fuck does this stupid iguana that gets thrown around for like 30 seconds too long? But not Skeleturtle. Have a page. Skeleturtle has entire like Instagram followings. All right. Uh, and in the in the freaking chat in the comments, hashtag. Justice for Skeleturtle. I mean, we'll get Justice for Skeleturtle next movie because he's actually in the next movie. But uh, get ready. That'll oh, yeah. be that'll be next. That'll be a uh, next episode's rallying cry. So, but throw- yeah. So the uh, let's go ahead and make T-shirts and slogans. Now. Go ahead, get your banners, get your picket signs, get the hashtag trending. The mystery bones of Infant Island, Skeleturtle. But uh onward with the plot here like they what do the natives call kong the thunder beast or some shit like that what the hell do they call him they keep referring to him as something and they they're like we want to go see the i think it's like thunder it's like i don't remember what they call him it's it's something to do with thunder because when it starts raining they're like oh what are they doing i think that's what they do the thunder the juice Oh, yeah, and then there's juice in this movie. Yep. Like, they bring up... And I think it's only really brought up when, when he gets drunk and then whenever the, the guy has, like, a jungle fever or some shit. And they were gonna give him the juice, but they didn't. Yeah, they never... They, he never gets the juice for his corns. Really? Isn't that some shit about he had corns in the American version or something? Like, I think they were trying to make that be funny or something. And it was I fun. think so. I don't remember. I tried to pay as little attention to that as I possibly could. But, um, yeah, so here we come to the, the, the third, 
moral issue with this movie, and that's the the octop the octopus. Yes. So there's a a fight between a giant octopus and King Kong, which we first see King Kong. Um, and the giant octopus is portrayed by four different actual octopus uh, that they that they had. Um, the fourth was actually, um, after filming, killed and uh, eaten by Eiji Tsuburaya for dinner that day. That's which so messed is, up. It's messed up and kind of wild. Um, so you, you can't put that AC, PCA, whatever it is, title at the end of the movie. Like, no animals were harmed? Uh, no, animals were harmed in the making of this film. And, and that's what's funny, though, is like... It had to suck because I know they released, they did release three of them, three of them, but that yeah. still had to be awful because they just they like bellowed hot air at yeah, them to, to make get them in the move. move. Like that has yeah. to be so fucking shitty. Like, yeah, that not not good. Um, and the effect is eh, okay. You can tell it's an octopus, and I guess it moves a little better than say you know a fake octopus. There's a little bit, and I say a little bit of stop-motion animation used, and then also a couple props as well that are tossed around. Thank God they don't throw the octopus, like, around. So it's not too bad, but it's not good. Not that doesn't good. make it much better. No, it doesn't. But uh, you can rest a little easier knowing that they didn't throw the octopus, that uh, King Kong doesn't throw him. So, but they, they he scares the octopus back in the ocean. Um, then he gets drunk on the juice and... The pharmaceutical duo come up with a brilliant idea to bring King Kong back to the mainland Japan as an advertising campaign piece. And they drag him there on a raft. On a raft they built on the island somehow. I don't know how they got him on there, but they got him on there. Um, and then so Godzilla, freed from his iceberg, is now starting to rampage across Japan. Um which, of course, angers Mr. Taco there because that's what's getting all the TV views. Not because people are dying or because, you know, it's this national travesty that's going on. It's, no, no, they're, they're taking the TV views from King Kong. <laughs> right? So that's when they get the brilliant idea to somehow get King Kong and Godzilla to fight. Because, you know, we can get more views if we have them fight. Again, not not so much to uh, you know save the day or anything. There's no moral high ground here. Not in this movie. <laughs> just for the views. It's so stupid. It's just like how they will have these dumbest, like oh this person's gonna box this person or wrestle this person matches, and thousands of people pay for like pay per view to watch it. Like it's Jake Paul fighting everybody. Yeah, it almost reminds me, like, in a way, though, like, the the moral depravity of the whole situation kind of reminds you of, like, this bad YouTube pranks where, like, I don't know, the guy's handing out, like, uh, toothpaste-filled Oreos or whatever to, like, homeless people. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. But on a bigger level, that's going to endanger everyone in Japan instead. Yeah, like, um, I, it's kind of... I felt a lot of kind of parallels to it with the kind of shit that's going on 
in our world right now. Like, yeah, especially with, you know, the big bad sick that will probably get this episode taken off of Spotify if I actually say the word for it. Right. And how this news station says this about it and this news. Well, we need higher ratings. So we'll say this outrageous shit about it. And I, I think it's very interesting. Just back um, and forth. All they care about. You, you Not, they don't care about the millions of people who have died and are dying and will die. Just the ratings and the politics and the money. Right. You'd be surprised how timeless some of these um, themes and some of these movies and tropes can be. Um, yeah. Which I think is fun watching the Godzilla series, seeing as they, they wrote about things and did things way back in the 60s and the 50s and then later in the 70s and, and, and throughout. And some of it really still holds true and is still relevant today which i think is awesome um but there's oh we, we did miss when they uh try to blow up kong's raft and and mr taco first thing he gets aboard the ship and he goes to lean on the freaking uh detonator as well uh, comedy gold comedy gold and then uh, they try to shoot the dynamite for like 20 minutes i can't hit it <laughs> i mean it's on a moving boat a moving ship but come on dude that was my only, that was my argument to that was like well to be fair the raft is moving and so is the boat and then JJ was like I could have made that shot we all were <laughs> I mean all I'm of just saying made that shot. Kong is right fucking there and they're missing this fucking actually no what were they aiming at again they were aiming at the dynamite sticks yeah no the, the dynamites dynamite. were like they were fucking huge and they were right there and they were and, missing and like it didn't even hurt Kong like at all he's just and he ends up standing in the middle of the ocean. Somehow, 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 his legs have grown miles long in seconds, as one does. But yeah, so that then happens. He, that happens. Then King Kong finally meets up with Godzilla, um, for the first fight, which doesn't go that long because Godzilla just kind of kicks his ass and uses atomic breath. I don't know what anyone was expecting there. None of the fights go long in this, unfortunately. Well, no, that's not, pretty long. The last one does go a little longer, but this this first fight's pretty quick. Um, I I do like Godzilla's. Uh, I, we kind of missed it, but Godzilla's raid on the little island, right next to the uh, iceberg, which is very very convenient. I don't know why it's right there, but it is. You know, we're gonna pretend that that was like a Godzilla watch station. Um, you know. Just to justify that. Just to justify that. How about that, right? Make it sound nicer. So, although the thing is pretty funny that it seems like Godzilla blows up one or two of the tanks, they immediately just start going full French and just retreat right back to where they came from. They yeah, run. they go back in the in the hole. In the little, yeah, the little uh, like bunker is is way. It, to me, it's just too funny. Um, Especially because you can really tell those are toys. The models are like yeah, really toyish in the in yeah, this one. I, I don't know what happened. This movie had a pretty high budget, and I feel like a lot of the model and effect work wasn't up to par with some of the previous and future movies. I, I, think I was Mothra, gonna, like, so much better. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Um, do you know what the budget for Mothra was? Just off the top of your head, I can look in the notes. It should be right here, I think. Because it's effects. Like, I don't want to keep being like, "Oh my God, Mothra's a better movie," but Mothra's a better movie on so many points, other than the racism. Because that's not good in either movie at all. And I hope it gets better from here on out for the movies I haven't seen. It does. Okay, good. 
Because I've seen most of the movies we're about to cover. The effects work is not up to par with with anything. Almost anything before this bar Veron, I guess, and really uh, anything after that. This is almost as good as, or yeah. if not better. I'm not. I'm not sure what happened. I mean, AGC Beret was was director of special effects here, and it's just it I, for me. It's some of his weaker work, which is a bit of a shame because it's Godzilla's grand return. You know, after the seven year hiatus between raids again in this movie. But I guess it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so so Godzilla beats King Kong down, and you know King Kong runs away, right? Um, and then the JSDF tries to attack Godzilla with explosives, the, the poison gas, which doesn't do nothing. And then, of course, yet again, the electricity. Oh my God! I can't believe they used that again. Again. It didn't work in the last movies. Did you really think it was going to work here? Oh, but this yeah. time it's different. No. So, but this, but this time, monkey. Monkey. Meanwhile, Kong is uh, going to Tokyo because because he can. Uh, shows up, tears through the power lines, and feeds off the electricity, which makes him stronger. Because not really something that said, was that was some holdover from Frankenstein. I I guess you know. Really? Some somewhere is in there, um, but like I, I remember, he walks up to the uh, the thing and he doesn't he bite it. Like he literally eats electricity. Yeah, yeah, he does. What does that say? And it's like past the lips. Here comes, here it comes. Was it was that fucking stupid ass saying? <laughs> what? Over the lips and through the gums or some shit. Look out, stomach. Here it comes. Yeah, yeah. Electricity. <laughs> So, then, then they kind of have to do an obligatory remake of uh, the end of King Kong here, where, where King Kong captures, um, of course, uh, the Sakurai's yeah. sister Fumiko, and then, but you know, there's no, there's no uh, Empire State, so King Kong kind of perches on top of the diet, but it's, it's just not as good. <laughs> it's very half-assed, honestly. It is very half-assed, but then. You guys want some really shitty cheap fan service? Here you yeah. go. But we get we get to go full circle with the juice because they they turn the juice into a gas and and put King Kong to sleep and somehow don't kill Fumiko. Um, somehow, somehow. He, even though he's falling over, he gently just sets her down. No, he doesn't. Uh, like because he lands on the ground, and then like she just kind of crawls out his hand. They 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 pull her out. I thought she was so. knocked out. Was she knocked out? Uh, she was not. When she was, you know, in the gas. So yeah, she was knocked out. Uh, you gotta think. I mean, they used enough of that juice gas to to put Kong to sleep. So I mean, she's probably knocked the fuck out for like days. I don't know if you see her the rest of the movie. No, I don't think she uh, pops up. I no, I think she showed up at the end because like the whole cast, of course, flies in the helicopter to go watch the fight. Right. So that's that's yeah, and that's something else we didn't talk about. They decide like, oh, we're gonna go literally drop King Kong on top of Godzilla. Yeah, which is hilarious because they just take they take all these balloons and the and the magic rope. We didn't talk about that, the magic string there. Yeah, I was about to say something about that because we forgot to cover the the fact that um one of the guys again. Yeah, Fujita is a uh, inventor, and he's invented this this magic metal. 
twine. It won't break. It won't break. It's strong. It's it's strong. So uh, he's able to hang out the window, and and do a little gag. It was it was kind of funny, kind of not. Unless you watch the American version where it's not really elaborated on, you just all of a sudden he's hanging out the window. Then it's just like he's, you know, what what the hell's going on here? So they they use the string, they fly King Kong out and just drop him on Godzilla's. It's pretty damn funny. They just straight up drop him. And he's asleep too, isn't he? He's asleep. He's asleep. The drop on Godzilla. Godzilla doesn't didn't expect it at all. He's just minding his own business at this point, just kind of walking around Mount Fuji. And of course, it's at Mount Fuji. It's at Mount Fuji because, you know, it just is. He's just walking around, gets King Kong dropped on him, and the two go at it again, right? Godzilla gets the advantage in the first half, you know, uh, knocking the hell out of King Kong. Just keeps smacking him in the face. He gets knocked out like what three times in the first yeah. half. Yeah, and, and of course, there's a lot of rock throwing. <laughs> a lot of rock throwing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way more rocks than there should be. Just extended shots of Kong just getting fucking knocked. The suit actor, I can't rem- <laughs> for Kong. I cannot remember his name. Uh, uh, but that Shoichi Hirose. That poor bastard got. I, I don't know if those rocks were like semi-solid or they were like made of foam or something. I don't know, but he he got so. hit in the fucking head with like a bunch of those. I mean, you saw how one of them like hit him right in the face and the mouth did bend a little bit. So they had to have some mass to them. That had to fuck up the, like some of the, I don't know. They might've had a separate head for the puppetry. Cause like, that's another thing. The Kong suit had like, so they could give it these like kind of stupid ass emotions. They had like eyes and a mouth that like opened and closed and stuff. Kong just looks drunk the whole movie. He looks drunk. He's a fucking alcoholic monkey. Like the juice. The juice. <laughs> Return of the juice. This is Kong. This is Kong on juice. Any <laughs> questions? On gin and juice. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, so Kong just gets the absolute shit beat out of him for fifty. But, like, yeah. Yeah, he gets the shit beat out of him. But then the the weather starts acting up. Oh God! And, oh, and, and they're so they're all lighted. so sure that the lightning is going to strike Kong. Well, so he gets he gets powered up by the electricity, right? By the by the lightning, and then round two starts, and he really gets an upper hand on Godzilla. He's able to, to shock him, and even though Godzilla wasn't wasn't uh, weak to electricity, you know, like a couple hours ago, yeah. This movie, like, as soon as Kong gets out, this movie is basically just a big fucking monkey that's constantly jacked up or drunk in some fashion. <laughs> yeah. He's sipping juice. He's fucking getting jacked up with electricity and lightning and Literally shit. eats electricity. He's getting concussed over and over. You know how bad that probably is for his mental state? It's kind of like The Hangover, but with King Kong. Like, he's just continuously getting, like, screwed over. And just, like, this this drunk tirade through Japan. Uh. So, but the, the, the fight with with, uh, with Godzilla culminates there with the, like we were saying earlier, the, um, the broccoli, eat your broccoli moment there where King Kong shoves a tree down Godzilla's throat. Best scene in the movie. It's funny. And it did get a little uh, little comeback and uh, a little uh, nod. Best scene in, in that movie as well. As well as uh, the uh, 
what was it? The uh, the King Kong eating the uh, and the octopus in Kong Skull Island. Yes, yeah, that's also a slight. It's got to be a slight uh, nod to Iji Tsuburaya. for sure, for sure. Um, you know, then they the fight culminates with them both tumbling off of a cliff into the ocean, and they're you know wondering who's going to come out on top, who's gonna who's gonna show up, and. King Kong arises and, you know, he's the, the winner. He wins the fight. And this is where the big myth, and we'll, we'll, the, we'll uh, debunk this now between the two endings, right? For the longest time, um, there was a belief that King Kong won in the American version and Godzilla wins in the Japanese version. Because uh, after the end credit, you know, shows up, there's like a, a roar in the American version from King Kong. Okay, and it was thought that in the Japanese version, Godzilla wins and Godzilla roars, right? And some other credence to that. Well, you know, we watched the Japanese version, and I can tell you right now, it's not so much that the monsters are roaring as two one. It's more of like a bow, and both monsters roar. King Kong and Godzilla, you, you hear them both. Um, so the ending is is the same. It's just that there's, you know, one one sound effect different. Um, there was a lot of confusion because I guess rumors started with, I forgot where the publication was, um, but it, it, it went for so long because the American version, the, the Japanese version, excuse me, was very hard to come by, if not pretty much impossible to watch outside of Japan because Universal owns the rights to King Kong versus Godzilla, and that's the one that they, uh, publish and and show for you know the rest of the world internationally um i mean technically the japanese version hadn't had a proper u.s release until being included as a special feature albeit in somewhat lower quality on the criterion collection you know which is interesting just a good you know just to say that it's been that long and the movie still hadn't come out um, there's also a bit of a also history here with the actual footage itself, because um, back in the in the 70s, they would do um, this thing called the Champion Festival, which is like a summer a summer thing where they would do recuts of a lot of movies. Um, and they'd shorten them down to like an hour, um, and mostly just show off the action sequences and, and cut a, a good bit of the plot out. And they did the same thing with King Kong versus Godzilla. It was actually done by Ashiro Honda. Um, and they cut out a good bit of footage. But they used the original uh, negative. So for the longest time, the Japanese version um, was, was you know, in a rough cut state because they had to piece it back together with, uh, I think, 16 millimeter prints and just wasn't as high quality. And actually, to this day, it's still not 100%, but they've done a lot of work restoring it um, from a few different sources. And uh, I guess just to kind of close this whole thing out, I mean, as far as the um, as far as the American version goes, no. there's a lot of added scenes to this movie. Like I said, it's kind of set as if it's like mostly coming from a newsroom there's like these weird little like it's like a little uh what's the word i'm looking for here uh 
like reports. Yeah, and then there's like the the science thing where they're asking the scientists about who's who's gonna win the fight, and he's like Kong's skull is the or Kong's brain is like this monkey skull. I don't even remember. It's like it's like a monkey skull. It's like Kong's a thinking animal. Kong His brain animal. is the size of this, whereas Godzilla is is dumb lizard. His brain the size of this peanut. So anyway, yeah, with with that, I guess we can go ahead and get into final thoughts. And I mean, th- th- we're we're mostly just looking at the Japanese cut here. We didn't formal formally sit down and watch the American version. Uh, maybe we could do that one day. We could just sit down and, and tear it apart. I guess piece by piece, if if anybody would be interested in seeing that. But uh, yeah, we'll just we'll go ahead and get into final thoughts. For me, this movie is definitely a turning point in the franchise because you can see a lot of where, um, a lot of where the the formula, if you will, for the, the future Godzilla movies would take place, right? Or a lot of the things that they would continue to do and grow on. Um, the last two movies in the Godzilla franchise and just Godzilla alone were were quite serious. The original Godzilla and then Godzilla Raids again. Um, it was a little more lighthearted, but still pretty, pretty serious in terms of what they were trying to do there. This movie's total opposite. It's very much a comedy. Um, there's a good bit of laughs to be had here, both on purpose and accidental in terms of, uh, you know, their delivery. Um, so there's that, you know, Mr. Taco really is, you know, a funny character the whole the whole premise is is just nonsensical where it's this battle between television stations and pharmaceutical companies and and sponsors and stuff which is just funny right the whole the whole premise is just too funny um which i mean kind of not saying you're going to see stuff like that in real life but you know you could you could imagine just the ridiculousness between you know what what some companies will do these days for for promos and stunts right for advertising um so seeing it seeing the movie lampoon that is 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 pretty funny it's pretty good um but for me when it comes to this being you know godzilla i feel like the effects work kind of falls short i'm not sure what it is exactly but it it just doesn't live up to definitely what would come ahead um but even some of the stuff prior to this, like Mothra and Rodan, I think those movies look better. Um, some of the model work, especially like on the tanks on the little island there, really doesn't look great. It doesn't hold up well. Um, the the scene where Godzilla chases the train is okay. Um, we didn't even talk about that because not much happens there. Um, but there's a, a little night scene uh, where Godzilla's chasing his train. There's not a lot of destruction sequences I noticed as well. Like There's no big destruction scene here and the the final fight takes place mostly on the on the side of mount fuji so it's a lot of just kind of uh nature shots and not so much like it's a um urban environment so i I gotta kind of knock it for that um and i i think it was an interesting take to you know go full in on the comedy route here but i don't know if it delivered as well as they as well as they thought because you can definitely see the the tonal shift from this movie onward 
where it's a better uh it's a better mixture a better blend of of some more serious things and you know funny moments and and and, and comedic bits um oh one thing i do want to note though is that uh this is the first time in the franchise that godzilla's theme is actually used for godzilla from akira fukube um because obviously the song is kind of borrowed from the original Godzilla as like as one of the military marches, but it's not used for Godzilla there. Here it is. Um, I guess one little one little thing to note there. Um, in general, I'll, I'll probably give I guess we're giving them rankings too, right? So yeah. I'll give probably like a probably a seven. I think it's a seven. Um, it's a pretty strong Godzilla movie for the Japanese version. The American version is like a five. Um, I really wouldn't bother watching that one. Um, I think pretty, five is pretty high, honestly. Maybe a four, honestly. You're not wrong. It's probably like a four. It's been a while since I've watched the American Cup, but it's just not good. It's, it's hard to captivate you. This one, it, <laughs> it does captivate. Um, but like I said, it's kind of like the it's like the, the prototype to what would come ahead. Um I don't want to talk much more about the next few movies because we're going to save this for this episode, but I'm really excited because those, to me at least, we get into like the golden age, the golden era of, of Godzilla where it's just peak. Um, but that's my thoughts, I guess, on King Kong versus Godzilla. Well, I do have to say I think you gave it a pretty high rating. I was going to say like a six. Because it's just, I mean, the best thing about it, I think, is just how outrageous the plot was. Just how everything's done for ratings, and no one truly gives a crap about their safety. And no one really seems to understand the gravity of the situation of Big Monkey, Big Lizard. Should not be around each other. Should not exist at all. Or be around anything. But. I don't know. Maybe if I hadn't have watched this. Right after Mothra. I would have enjoyed it more. But it's just not that great. But it is. Strides ahead better. Than the American version. Which is the one I grew up watching. And hating. A lot. And almost put me off from watching this one. Because I didn't realize how truly different the two versions were. But, I mean, at least this movie has one of the best scenes in any of these movies. And that's Kong with his tree. But that's about the extent of how great this movie gets. Is Kong with his tree. So... Like, 6 out of 10, I guess. Big Monkey? Big Plus? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, so, I feel like you guys are being really generous with this movie because, like, I do understand its importance because it did establish the monster versus formula that's never went away. You know, and that's one thing that you know makes this movie important and you know that that's this movie is important 
but I don't have to really like it for that. And I, I kind of had an internal struggle with myself when I was trying to formulate my final opinions on this movie because I remember as a kid liking this movie a lot and not liking Mothra. But like upon my watching Mothra for the show, I found that I really enjoyed it and it was really engaging. And this movie was not. Um, you know, and just talking about the Japanese cut, I mean, this is... The plot of a lot of these movies are kind of convoluted, but this one especially is is quite convoluted. Um, like you said, the special effects where it just falls pretty flat. Uh, while I am a I am a pretty big fan of the King Goji suit, um, as far as the uh, the Kong suit went, I understand like it was a it was kind of a victim of the time where they didn't really have the technology to make this suit look great. But it just looks so goofy and like... I don't even really want to use the word unrealistic because these movies are not realistic to the least bit. But I just didn't enjoy the suit work for Kong. Even, you know, as them trying to add, you know, the puppetry, the to give it more of uh, more emotion and you know uh, more detailed features it just didn't work it just it falls very flat and you know not to mention the fact that you've got you know the moral uh, the, the bad moral standing that this movie has already you know it just... I didn't really enjoy my my watching of it that much. You know, I I had a good time watching it, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the more and more and more I thought about it, I, you know, started thinking about it more and more and more, like what I really thought about this movie. And what I think about this movie is it's just not that good. You know, there's so much, there are many more better movies from this time period you know, before and after this. Uh, I think I'm going to give probably the American cut probably a three if I had to, to, to plug a rating to that one because it's just, it just makes no sense. The added footage does not work to the effect that it did in, uh, in the uh, King of the Monsters version of uh, Gojira. And, you know, as for the Japanese cut, I would probably give it a, a four, I guess. It, it's a little below uh, where I set my standard for average. Uh, I believe I actually gave the King of the Monsters cut a five, which is that's pretty, that's a pretty neutral viewing. I just don't remember this movie being this bad. I guess maybe it's just because I'm a little older. And I, I start to pay attention to these things a little more, but I guess that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that. Uh, probably a four and a uh, three for the uh, American cut. And one last problem that I have with this movie, and then I'll shut up. The the, the Kong just jumping up after getting lightning struck and beating the shit out of Godzilla just comes completely out of left field. Like that's they just completely pulled that out of their ass. 
And that, that's one thing that I've never been able to stand about this movie is that that people accepted King Kong as the the victor of this battle. And you know, eventually, you know, we we finally got our uh, answer in the the rematch uh, with the the legendaries, uh, Godzilla vs Kong. But just didn't care for this movie all that much, you know. Uh, Maybe we'll revisit visit it one day, and uh, we'll, we'll all check out the American Cut and do a thorough breakdown of it, and uh, I'll see if my feelings have changed on it or not. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna sit at. Well, looks like it's up to me now. So, as I stated at the beginning of the episode, my memory has been pretty crap as of late because I'm being overwhelmed with college. But even then, I can still remember the vast majority of the movies we've watched in the past and how memorable they really were. This movie was not memorable. <laughs> yeah, you, you laugh, but it's true. Because really, there's not much to this movie beyond monkey lizard fight. Like, I remember that fight vividly, and that's, like, the only reason you really should watch this movie is just to see that fight, because everything else is so unmemorable. The characters are flat in one note. They, This movie seems to think that it's a comedy, which, yeah, we've established is all well and good, but it doesn't really fit with the genre that we're in. And honestly, what gets to me is the fact that they basically repeat all the same tactics they used in the previous Godzilla movies against Godzilla. And then they act surprised and none of this shit works. <laughs> what? The electricity didn't kill him? Why? I don't know. Why don't you look back at what happened with the first Godzilla? Did nobody keep records? Nope. I guess not. <laughs> Well, they obviously didn't. They didn't know where the giant iceberg with a deadly monster was. Yeah, I know. And they just didn't let the Americans just blow it up for some reason. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's so average. And even then, like Colin said, the final fight has its stupid-ass moments where Kong, even though he just had the metric shit kicked out of him, gets struck by lightning and just gets up and suddenly beats Godzilla's ass. Multiple times, too. He gets struck by lightning multiple times in the same spot. Like, no, you can't just... No, you wanted the monkey to win, so you pulled a deus ex machina, which is one of the most hated tropes, by the way. I hate that crap. And... Yeah. this It's the reason why the uh, newer... Godzilla versus King Kong is superior in that regard because Godzilla won that fight. Can't tell me otherwise. Uh, so yeah, overall, it's average. It's not horrible. It's way better than um. What's the sequel to Godzilla called? Godzilla Rage Again. Yeah, that one. It's better than that. I'll give it that. So, but overall, it's just a five. It's a five out of ten. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Anybody have any closing remarks? Hey, monkey. R.I.P. to that lizard. 
R.I.P. the octopi. Yeah, yeah R.I.P. actually, R.I.P. the octopus. Easy uh, supervised fucking dinner. The real yep. hero of this movie. Yep, octopus number four. Fuck all the racism. This is the second movie in a row that's just made me incredibly upset. Oh yeah, they, you know what? They they put the the lead like tribe woman in an afro wig and gave her bigger boobs. Yeah, so you know you what? Know that she's the 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 leader. Yeah, you know what? Four out of ten because of racism. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, see now we're on the same page. I don't make me feel bad for doing it at seven. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, though. You, like, yeah, you understand the import, the importance and relevance of this movie, and if that that helps you to hold it to a higher regard, then that that I understand. I mean, I I mean, it's it's like a, a six point five. It's like a six point five slash seven, probably six point five, right? Because it it does some good, it does some bad. Um, it for me, it's like Mothra. If you can look past at least that. Because the, the, at least the the tribal and the the Faroe Island stuff that doesn't make up the bulk of the movie. No, I just think in general the whole the, the plot and the TV aspect is just funny. It's just a it funny, really is like that to me carries it. Like the Godzilla aspect is not is not the uh, it's not the it's not the thing that carries a movie. Which for a Godzilla movie is not great, but I think it it holds its own. But anyway, uh. Yeah, so Halloween's coming up. We got something special planned for the month of October. We got some spooky, some spooky stuff. Uh, we're gonna try and roll into our uh, next comic book special. Uh, if you guys want to see that, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Ultra Mega, check that out, or you can listen to our uh, episode on uh, Ultra Mega. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Stomp Around Pod. Uh, and don't forget, whatever platform you're listening on, hit that follow button. Uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, rate review. That really helps us out. That lets us know that you guys are still out there watching, watching, listening. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anybody got anything else? I, I think it's about it. No. Um, so the next episode is going to be. Matango or Matango? I don't know how to say that. Matango, Attack of the Mushroom People. Attack Apparently of the Mushroom People. The best movie ever created ever. Apparently. According we'll to out. the according to the Toho super fan who told me to go fuck myself in the in the comment section of a Facebook post that Matango is the best Toho movie. Yep. I guess he hadn't heard of Seven Samurai or sorry, Bugs Life. The Bugs Life. It's the same story. It's the same story. Same exact story. You can't tell me it's not. Uh, oh, well. All right. Well, until next time. Bye for now. <laughs>